Coming up next is this month's special series, Focus on Men's Health, on ReachMD XM157. Cardiac remodeling, a beneficial adaptation or a sign of increased cardiovascular risk. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, your host, and with me today is Dr. Joseph Hill. Dr. Hill is the Professor of Internal Medicine and Molecular Biology, the James T. Willerson, M.D., Distinguished Chair in Cardiovascular Diseases, the Frank M. Ryburn, Jr. Chair in Heart Research, and the Chief of the Division of Cardiology at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Hill is a cardiologist scientist whose research focuses on molecular mechanisms of remodeling in the stressed myocardium, and he and his colleague, Dr. Eric Olson, recently wrote a comprehensive review article in the New England Journal of Medicine called Cardiac Plasticity. Dr. Hill, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. The heart we know can respond and adapt to stress, both physiologic and pathologic stresses, Let me start by asking, what are some of the physiologic stimuli that can cause cardiac remodeling? Well, physiological stimuli such as conditioning, exercise, growth during normal development, pregnancy, these are all normal things that occur during the course of life that enlarge the heart in a healthy physiological way. Let's talk about the heart in athletes. The heart does change in response to athletics? It does very much. Uh, Depending on the type of athletics, it can grow in a variety of ways. For example, cyclists, their hearts will enlarge somewhere, let's say, in the range of 20 or 30 percent. The walls of the left ventricle will thicken, and the chamber of the left ventricle will enlarge. And those two changes occur in a proportionate manner, and that is termed physiological hypertrophy because the bottom line is it is not associated with untoward events such as decompensation into heart failure or arrhythmic mechanisms, arrhythmic issues that can culminate in sudden death. And when you said that the heart hypertrophies, is this just increase in the size of the cells, or is the heart actually making more cells in the athletic heart? That's a good question. Certainly the great majority of the growth is at the level of cell growth. There may be a small component of myocyte regeneration that contributes, and that is an active area of research in a number of laboratories, but certainly the vast majority of the heart growth that occurs in this context is from actual growth of the individual heart cells. Is there a difference with isometric exercise, such as weightlifting? There is. In general, weightlifters or, for example, rowers in crew, where the blood pressure goes up uh, rather substantially with each row, just like it does when you lift weights. In that context, the heart grows, and in general, it's manifested as thickening of the wall of the left ventricle more than enlargement of the chamber of the left ventricle. So the walls thicken a little bit out of proportion with any changes in the volume of the chamber of the left ventricle itself. Can you overdo it? Can you overexercise and actually change cardiac function? Probably not. Perhaps in very, very extreme circumstances, but the most elite athletes in the Olympics and Lance Armstrong and people like that, the enlargement of their heart substantially can be even upwards in the range of 40% in some instances, and it is not associated with decompensation to failure or with arrhythmia. 
Now, what happens if you stop exercising? Do you lose that extra cardiac mass? Yes, it will regress over time. In pathological hypertrophy, by contrast, that's the hypertrophy that occurs with hypertension or pressure overload from aortic stenosis, volume overload from a variety of things. In that context, the heart enlarges, and it is, in fact, associated with risk of heart failure, risk of arrhythmia, and it definitely can reach a point where it is irreversible, where it does not revert back to normal. Now, why is pathologic hypertrophy different? Both of them are a stress on the heart, and yet with hypertension, it can lead to downstream adverse effects. What is the difference with hypertension's effect on the heart and an athletic heart? Well, that's the million-dollar question that nobody really understands. It has been thought for many years that the stress of athleticism, where you jog for half an hour, let's say, and then the other 23 and a half hours of the day the heart is resting, is very different than the stress of hypertension, which is unremitting 24-7. That may still be a part of the answer, and experiments are underway in many places to test that, but there are some data to suggest that it's more complex than just that, that the type of stress of hypertension, if imposed intermittently, will in fact trigger pathological changes. So there may be some element at which intermittent stress versus unremitting stress are different, but it's probably more complex than that. But that is a question that is very much at the forefront of research nowadays. Now, how quickly can pathologic hypertrophy occur? So how long after someone develops hypertension can we start seeing some of these changes in the myocardium? Well, nobody really knows that. In animals, we have models where we can induce this experimentally and trigger these changes over the course of several days to a few weeks. I think people probably think, most authorities believe that in humans, it probably takes 20 years, maybe 30 years. We Certainly, all of us have seen people in their mid-30s and 40s who have developed end-stage heart disease from poorly controlled hypertension probably for 20 years or more. The point is that back when those folks were 15 or 20, they didn't present to medical attention. No one tracked their heart. So we don't have good studies where we followed these people over 20 years to see what the natural history of those events are. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Matt Sorrentino, and I'm speaking with Dr. Joseph Hill. We are discussing the effects of hypertension on the heart, the causes of pathologic hypertrophy. Now, I assume that initially the effect of hypertension on the heart is a compensatory mechanism. When does it start becoming detrimental? What changes in the heart that makes it a bad thing for the heart? Well, another good question. It's over the course of the last several hundred years, there has been great debate over the extent to which growth of the heart is compensatory in the face of stress. Certainly skeletal muscle, if you lift a weight with your biceps repeatedly, the muscle hypertrophies and you become stronger. And that analogy has been taken over to the heart for many years. But there are a lot of data in animals to suggest that that, in fact, is not the case, that there are many, many studies now in the last five to eight years in animals where now that we understand much more about the molecular underpinnings of hypertrophic growth, we can alter that response. We can not allow the heart to hypertrophy in the face of hypertension. And there are probably 40 or 50 studies now in the last five years or so demonstrating that to our surprise, that when the heart is faced with that kind of stress but not allowed to hypertrophy, 
it is perfectly fine. It continues to function well. It doesn't dilate. The contractile performance is normal, and the animal is healthy. Now, I'll hasten to add that all those studies that I just pointed to, and they're probably upwards of 50 now, have been performed in rodents, which is the standard model for molecular research these days. And we know very little about whether those principles, which I think are well-established, pertain to large mammals such as humans. Those kinds of studies simply have never been done in people. Are there some studies that are starting to show some of the permanent myocyte abnormalities that occur with hypertensive hypertrophy of the heart in humans? Yes, indeed. It's well established that hypertensive heart disease triggers contractile problems. The myocytes do not contract normally. They do not relax normally. Fibrosis develops in the myocardium. The action potential prolongs. Cell-cell coupling is perturbed. Many, many, many things occur. And in that respect, these pathological events at a molecular level in humans are analogous directly to what we see in animal models. And in the athletic heart, you're not seeing some of those things. So some of the structural contractile element abnormalities and the action potential abnormalities are not seen in an athletic heart? That's exactly right. And where the research is focusing on now is what are the intracellular signaling events that are triggered by pathologic stress like hypertension that lead to all of these maladaptive end products, comparing that with the stress of physiological stimuli such as conditioning in athletics, what are the signaling events between the cell membrane that go down to the nucleus that elicit a whole separate host of events? What are those differences? And there's a lot of evidence that there are distinct and yet partially overlapping signaling events that underlie these two processes. I would assume some of the signals for hypertrophy are neurohormonal, catecholamines, angiotensin II, and yet I would expect that those would also be stimulated with athletics. Is there an overstimulation that leads to heart damage with hypertension, or is it just the amount of time or the degree that leads to the pathology? Again, we don't really understand that. The stress of hypertension or aortic stenosis, which again is unremitting, triggers a variety of signaling events at a biomechanical level. The myocytes are both stretched and squeezed. And of course, there are a variety of neural humoral events that feed into this as well. You know, the kidney becomes aware of the fact that the blood pressure is altered in the brain and so forth. Same thing with athletics. Certainly there are adrenergic and other signaling pathways that are activated in athleticism, and we simply don't understand why one triggers events that are adaptive and the other triggers events that are maladaptive. Is it understood how hypertension can eventually lead to heart failure? In other words, what's happening at the cell level that leads to the heart to start to fail? Well, the way I think of it is there are two distinct processes. On one hand, there is the initial cell growth. There's the hypertrophy of the myocytes where they enlarge, and that is associated with abnormalities in contractile and relaxation function, collagen biosynthesis leading to fibrosis, action potential changes, and so forth. Then, in some ways, in phase two, there is a cell death response where these myocytes, perhaps because they've been stressed too much or too long, again, we don't understand, but they start to remodel through a process termed autophagy, autophagy, auto meaning self and phagy meaning eat, where these myocytes will begin to nibble away at their own intracellular contents and 
somehow that leads to a cell death response that turns the thick-walled hypertrophied ventricle into a thin-walled failing ventricle. Well, I want to thank Dr. Joseph Hill, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the way the heart remodels and adapts to both athletics and to hypertension. I am Dr. Matt Sorrentino. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. Register with the promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. If you have comments or suggestions, call us at 888-MD-XM-157. And thank you for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals, presents a special series, Focus on Men's Health.